0: Hey, good morning, everyone. I want to give a welcome to everyone watching this service today and I want to give an especially big shout-out to all the campuses of Icon Church, Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham and Stocksbridge. It's so good to be gathered together as the church today. Well, this is the final part of our Essentialism series and we base this series on really these verses from Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3 and I want to start by reading them again. who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I've really loved speaking on these verses and speaking on this idea of what will we carry into the new future. I don't know how many of you know that sometimes when one door shuts, a better door opens. Uh, And when sometimes one thing doesn't work out the way you thought it might, it's because God has something better for you. Or something that's just right for you. Uh, This is so true of my relationship with Jeannie. You see, when I was 15, I went out with a girl from my church and I really thought she was the one. In fact, one day at church, we had a convention and we had a visiting speaker. And uh, after he'd spoken, we were talking to him and he turned to the girl because he could see something in her. And he said, one day I can see you as a pastor's wife. And immediately in that moment, I thought, yes, and one day I'll be that pastor. Well, within a few months, she was going out with somebody else. And my dream for that relationship was shattered. My heart was broken. Come on, in the comments. But then four years later, I met Jeannie. And I have to tell you, I won. Come on, somebody. You know. Is anyone else grateful for their spouse today? Is anyone else grateful that God saved them from one relationship and they got into another? Anyway, that said, our marriage, like every marriage, has had challenges. We've had arguments, fights, ups and downs. We've had good times and we've had bad times. I remember one time when Gavin and Jane Lloyd, who are some of the pastors here at Icon Church, had decided to move from where they were living and come and be a part of Icon Church and work together with us and now we've been working together for over 30 years. As part of that move, Gavin came to live with us in our home for a short while. And there was this one occasion where Gavin and I had wound Jeannie up so much that she got, just got two milk bottles, filled them with water, and we were sat at the kitchen table, and she just came and she poured them over our head. She was so annoyed with us. Who remembers milk bottles, by the way? Jeannie just walked out of the house because she was so frustrated with us. And obviously I went after her. No marriage is perfect. No marriage is easy all of the time. It's why you do marriage preparation because you have to decide ahead of time how you're going to cope with your challenges. You have to decide how you're going to cope with your arguments. How you're going to cope with your ups and downs, your differences. How you're going to cope with your disagreements. Unfortunately, not even the best marriage prep gets you ready for everything that's to come but the amazing thing is that in a relationship you discover that there's more in you more than you could ever imagine and that together you can face the toughest times the most difficult times and not just survive but actually thrive in life you you also never completely know all of the things that you're going to face ahead of time But the truth is that God has put more in us than we could ever imagine. And he's provided ahead of time everything we need for whatever we will face. And he's done that, yes, so that we'll survive. Yes, but you all know this, not just so that we'll survive. You know that he's done it so that we will thrive. I know that you know this in Rotherham. I know that you know this in, in Stocksbridge or in Derby, in Sheffield. I know that you know this in Chesterfield. I want to talk today about the armor of God. Because I believe that the armor of God is something that God has provided for us. You know, because we, there are things that are coming that we don't know about. He's provided it because there are things that are coming that we have no idea we're going to face. Last week I spoke about the joy that was on Jesus and how that he promises that same joy to us. I spoke about how that joy empowered him to face the cross And today I want to talk about the armor of God that has been provided for us. Let me read some more verses from the scriptures. They were written by the Apostle Paul. They're in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Paul says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, he says it again, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, you'll still be standing. "'Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist "'and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. "'Stand with your feet fitted with readiness "'that comes from the gospel of peace. "'In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith "'with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. "'Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, "'which is the word of God, and pray. "'Pray in the Spirit on all occasions "'with all kinds of prayers and requests.' With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all of God's people. As soon as I read these verses today, some of you knew this message is for me. I don't know about you, but this armor is something I definitely want to carry into my future. And I'm so grateful today that God has provided it for each and every one of us. So today I thought I'd get my grandson to help us a little. Is that okay? Come on, here, here he comes. This is Zion. So here's Zion, everyone, and he's going to help me today because Zion loves superheroes and he loves dressing up as different superheroes. He's got lots of different superhero costumes and I like this one because it's got all those pieces that Paul mentions in the verses we've just read. So, Zion, who's this superhero? Captain America and a policeman. Why I'm wearing a policeman helmet is because I lost my Captain America... Uh, mask. Oh, it looks amazing anyway. But he's got the belt. He's got the breastplate. Let's show people the armour and the breast. He's got the breastplate, the body armour. He's also got some special shoes on, which are his football boots. He's got the shield. Let's have a look at that shield. I like this shield. It's fantastic. And uh, and the vi- the verses we've read call the shield, uh, it's the shield of faith. He's got a helmet. Zion's explained why he's got a police helmet on. And he's got the sword, which actually is a lightsaber from Star Wars. I love it. Don't you? Don't you just love this? Why don't we thank Zion for showing us his superhero suit today? Come on. You see, the title of my message today is this, Suit Up. The armor that is listed by Paul is the suit that God has provided for us to carry forward into the future. And I want to encourage us all today to put it on, to suit up. In these few verses, Paul tells us four times to either put on these pieces of armor or take them up. He's urging us to clothe ourselves with the armor that God has provided. Because Paul is confident that if we do that, we will be able to face whatever is ahead. We'll be able to achieve everything that God has planned for us. So it's time to suit up. Come on, tell somebody today. Tell the person you sat with. Tell somebody in the comments. Suit up. We're told that Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians around AD 62 and that he was under house arrest in Rome when he wrote it. And whilst under house arrest, Paul would have Roman guards that were watching him and monitoring his every movement. Some say that actually Paul would have always been chained to a guard, although that's not certain. But one thing I am certain of is that one day Paul is looking at one of these guards, he's looking at his armour, And being a man of faith, Paul begins to see the armour as a metaphor for the protection and the equipment that God has given to every believer. It's the believer's PPE, personal protective equipment. And by the way, there's no shortage of it. We just need to put it on. No doubt Paul would apply this metaphor first to himself because Paul was always in a battle. There was always trouble Wherever he went, there was always opposition, just like Jesus. So he would look at this soldier and these pieces of armor, and I believe he got excited. I believe he got inspired by the Holy Spirit because he realized he too had this armor, but it was from the Holy Spirit. It was a spiritual thing, something God had given to him for his journey, and not only for his journey, but for every believer as well, for you and for me, that we all have have this armor for our lives and for our journey and for our calling. I said wherever Paul went and whatever he did, he faced trouble. And he talked about it quite openly in his letters to the churches. He talked about being left for dead. He talks about numerous beatings. It seems to me that in almost every city where Paul preaches, he's got to leave that city quickly at some point for fear of his life. And I don't think this trouble surprised him. I don't think this trouble for Paul was unexpected. At times it came from the Romans, but many times it came from the religious Jews and a particular sect known as the Pharisees. You see, because Paul was once part of this sect, he was not once a Pharisee, but now he's left and now they're stirring up trouble for him. I don't think it's surprising also because when we first meet Paul in Acts chapter 9, he's a Pharisee. He's a zealous man and he's just asked for permission. Imagine this. He's just asked for permission to go and kill Christians because he believes that they're leading Jews astray from the truth. And it's on that journey, on the Damascus Road, he meets Jesus and he gets radically saved radically transformed, and the greatest persecutor of the church, I love this story, the greatest persecutor of the church at the beginning becomes the greatest builder of the church, perhaps in all of history. And this reminds me and you today that nothing is too difficult for God, that no person is too far away from God, that God can reach the hardest heart, he can forgive the deepest sin, and God can heal the most bruised, and God can mend the most broken. Let's not forget that. Paul is our example. If God can reach Paul, if God could do this for Paul, if God could turn the church destroyer into the church builder, imagine what God could do for you. Imagine what God could do through you. Can you do you know, can you remember our vision statement for 2020, 2020? See what God can do through you. Now, it wasn't just the Romans and the Jews as well that opposed Paul. Christians too, followers of Jesus, in time began to oppose him. So many of them left him. We don't know exactly why, but what we do know is, as the years rolled on, that Paul's influence amongst the churches grew. He spoke through his letters to more and more followers of Jesus. He spoke through his letters to more and more churches. He planted churches on his missionary journeys. And yet the numbers of people who stood with him in his troubles dwindled. In fact, when he writes the second letter to Timothy, he says this, everyone, (laughs) like everyone, he says, in the province of Asia left me. And actually, he just names one guy who stood by him, one guy who stood with him. That gives me encouragement today. Paul could write about the armor of God having faced all this trouble because he knew that despite the opposition, despite the challenges, God has provided everything we need. Do you know when I think about those superhero costumes that Zion has and the superhero movies, there's all these gizmos, there's all this stuff that's been provided for almost every eventuality that when you think the hero is going to be defeated, suddenly there's a new piece of kit that comes out. And I believe when Paul looks at the Roman soldier, he would know that the Roman army was the most sophisticated and equipped army in history up to that time. And because of that, they were super successful in battle. He realizes as he looks at these soldiers that the Christian is not short on armor. He knows that the Christian is not lacking what they need in order to advance. So we have been given this armor from God, from the Holy Spirit, and the instruction for us today is to suit up. So let's think for a few moments about these seven pieces of armor today. First, Paul begins with the belt of truth. For the Roman soldier, the belt was really important. It was a piece of equipment that almost everything else fed off and was connected to. Weapons could be attached to the belt, tunics could be tucked into the belt in order for the soldier to be able to move swiftly and quickly. The belt held everything together. And Paul calls this belt in the armor of God the belt of truth. And he does this because truth is the foundation for everything. Unless we can face the reality as it is, unless we can say the truth as God sees it, then we'll struggle to move forward. You know, in society right now, we've got to face the truth of racism as it is in order for us to move forward. We've got to face the truth of our lives as as they are in order to move forward because we cannot change what we will not confront. In John chapter 8 and verse 32, Jesus says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The same writer talking about Jesus in his first chapter says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Truth is important for John. He uses that word a lot. Jesus is full of grace, yes. Jesus is full of mercy, yes. But Jesus is also full of truth. As well as forgiveness. In other words, Jesus isn't papering over any cracks. He's dealing with issues as they really are. And he wants to do that in your life and my life. He wants to do that in our world because it leads to protection and it leads to freedom. You see, some of us have got to face the truth right now. It's it's easier to have more faith right now. I think in the news, more faith in Twitter, more faith in Facebook than in the scriptures. I think some of us have got more faith in those things than in Jesus. And unless we confront that truth, the reality as it is, we won't be able to move forward. See, the truth that I'm responding to more more the news than to Jesus, we won't get free unless we confront that. So I'm encouraging that someone today, you take up the belt of truth, the truth of who Jesus is, the truth about who we are in Christ, the truth... Of God's word because everything else hangs off of that part of our armor. The second piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness and this speaks about our right standing before God. This is the truth that we have been forgiven. This is the truth that we have been accepted by God, that there's no more condemnation for us and that there's no more shame righteousness is the truth that because of Jesus, we have a right standing and a right relationship with God. I love that. And Paul says, you've got to put this on. You've got to pick it up. You can't keep thinking, does God love me? You can't keep questioning, does God love me? He loves me. He loves me not. You can't keep asking, is God for me or is God against me? No, you've got to take up this breastplate of righteousness and say, no, he's for me. He's for my family. He's for my children. And he's for my children's children. Some have said that this piece of armor only covered the front. And they've made the point that that's because as a follower of Jesus, you're always meant to be moving forward. So you're only protected at the front. But it's actually not Totally true. There was some protection to the back as well. And I love that because it means that God has got your back. That when you and I are worried about things we can't control, when you and I are worried about things we can't see, that God has got it covered. And it's covered by this breastplate of righteousness. It's covered by our relationship with God. Is anybody excited about that today? Come on, come on, put it on today. Put the breastplate of righteousness on your relationship with Jesus. The third piece of armor here is the shoes or the sandals. And the sandals for the Roman soldier meant that they could move swiftly, but not just quickly, that also they could travel long distances. And Paul tells us the importance of these sandals is to be fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, that as a followers, follower of Jesus, you and I have got to be ready We've got to be ready to sow good news into our world at every opportunity. We've got to be ready to sow good news into those places that are close to us. Our homes, maybe, our families, our workplaces. We've got to be ready. Gospel means good news. We've got to be ready to be good news in those places. But we've also got to be ready to be good news in places that are a long distance away. This is what that means. And my prayer today is that at Icon Church, we will be ready. Anybody else? We will be ready to speak to injustice. We'll be ready to take the gospel to new towns and to new cities, to new people. I pray that we will be ready to share the good news of Jesus with our friends, our family, our work colleagues, people who are close to us, but also Jesus commanded us to be ready to go wherever he sends with this good news. Uh, I don't know if these are the right words, but my prayer is that Icon Church will actually become a missionary movement, sending good news And good people all over the world. Anybody in for that? That's so good. The fourth piece of armor, well, that's the shield of faith. And Paul says it's with this piece of armor that you extinguish the flaming arrows, the fiery darts of the enemy. That actually all the enemy's attacks get blocked. But not only blocked, they get extinguished by the shield of faith. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to lift up the shield of faith. I'm ready to lift it up today against the work of the enemy. Paul told us in these verses that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. People are not our enemy. Our battle is not against our spouse. Your battle is not against your boss or your co-workers. Our battle is not against the government. You see, we can take on a person and that might make us feel better. But the person isn't the problem. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. Our battle is against spiritual forces. And sometimes those spiritual forces use flesh and blood. Spiritual forces use other people. And before we get super spiritual about this, I want to say that I've done stuff, we've all done stuff that came from somewhere else. We've all had these moments where actually what we did, what we said was prompted from another place, prompted from somewhere else. We remember, don't we, that Jesus had to turn to Peter who seemed to be saying in the moment, Jesus, I'm for you. Jesus, I'm going to defend you. Jesus had to turn to Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. Because in that moment, Peter's motivation, Peter's words were coming from another place. We're told in our Ephesians verses that this armor will help us take a stand against the devil's schemes. And that word that Paul uses for scheme can be translated tricks or tactics. In other words, the shield of faith can extinguish and can bring to nothing all the plans, all the tactics of the enemy. The shield of faith is a strategy to overcome all the schemes of the enemy. In 1974, um, I'm 10 years old, and I'm, I'm watching the world heavyweight boxing match between George Foreman who was the undefeated heavyweight champion and Muhammad Ali. I wanted Muhammad Ali to win. Anyone else can remember that? It was held in Zaire and it was called the Rumble in the Jungle. I don't know if anyone else can remember that fight, but I can remember wanting Ali to win, but for seven rounds thinking, what's going on? What's wrong with him? I, I was convinced that Ali was the world's best, and I was convinced that he could defeat Foreman easily. But for seven rounds, he was just on the ropes. His gloves were up, and Ali is letting Foreman hit him, swing at him. And all the time, I'm thinking, he's being beaten. What I didn't know, well, this was Ali's shield of faith. You see, his team had noted that George Foreman had never gone further than seven rounds. And so they decided Let him wear himself out. Let him punch himself out. In fact, during those first seven rounds with his his gloves up and when they come in close, Ali is taunting him, saying things to him like, is that all you've got, George? It me harder, George. He's taunting him all the way through because it's his strategy. It's his shield. It's extinguishing all the blows of his enemy. All the fiery darts that are being thrown at him in that ring. And then... In round eight, he opens up and he begins to fight. Foreman is tired and Ali wins. When I saw this strategy explained some years later in a documentary, I thought, that took some faith. That took some faith in the strategy to go seven rounds and let all of that power come at you. You see, it takes faith, church, to let God be God. It takes faith to say the battle belongs to the Lord. It takes faith to say you fight this one, God. But the truth is this, if the battle is too big for you, then it's God's battle. Let me say that again. If the battle is too big for you, then it's God's battle. And what we do is we spend all this time worrying when we could have spent all the time worshipping. It's time. It's time today for somebody to raise that shield of faith. It's time for us to put more faith in God's word and God's promises than anything else. It's time for us to declare the battle belongs to the Lord. It's time to say God has got that. Come on, somebody, it's time today. Some, somebody in Derby, come on, it's time today to say, to say that. The fifth, uh, the fifth piece of armour is the helmet of salvation. And it speaks about our minds being renewed. And our mind being at peace because of the salvation God has given to us. And the fact that God has rescued us. The helmet of salvation reminds us that God has brought us back into relationship with himself. I believe if we can fully grasp this, our minds can be renewed. (coughs) And our mind can be at peace. So Paul tells us, says to us, take the helmet of salvation. I don't know if anybody's thankful for Jesus today. Is anybody thankful for forgiveness? Is anybody thankful for the life and the hope that Jesus brings? That's the helmets of salvation. And that's how you take the helmet of salvation. By thanking God for his salvation. By thanking God that he loves you. By thanking God that he's with you and that he's for you. That's how you renew your mind. By declaring, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. I am who you say I am. That's how we're rescued. That's how we're saved. Come on somebody today. Take the helmet of salvation. And don't let the enemy play with your mind. Don't let the enemy play with your thinking. You're saved. You're a child of God. You are who God says you are. You've got peace with God. You've got a relationship with God. God is for you. God is with you. And you have been given everlasting life. The sixth piece of armor is the sword of the spirit. And Paul says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. The word that Paul uses for sword doesn't mean the big sword that you would swing and inflict blows on your enemy. No, this was a shorter sword that destroyed. A shorter sword that could deliver a lethal blow. And Paul is saying that the word of God, the truth about who Jesus is, the word of God is sharp and can destroy the enemy. Many will know that I've got some scriptures that I speak over my life every day. And actually today, before you leave, we will put a link in the notes section of Church Online and we will put a description in the description, sorry, we will put a link in the description on YouTube for this message so that you can go there and pick a document up that will give you some scriptures you can speak over your life. I want you to encourage you to make it a habit, whether you do it every day, whether you do it once a week, to make a habit at looking at the scripture because it's the sword, that short sword that, that doesn't just defend you but that will defeat the enemy that comes against you. It's a sword that will cut away the clutter that can hinder your path. I can't tell you how many times. And in fact, I want to say that almost every time, situation in my life, there's been a word from God, a promise that has had the power to cut through the moment, the circumstance, and bring me peace and ultimately victory. And I believe that God has got that for each and every one of us. And my prayer that those scriptures might help you today. And if you've never done that, if you've not got into reading the scriptures yet, or you've never taken the scriptures and spoken them over your life, you've never taken the scriptures and thought about them, meditated on them, I want to encourage you to do that. I specifically as well want to speak to people today, and you are afraid. You're very afraid right now. You've become afraid in this last period of weeks because you've soaked yourself In the message put out in our society, you've soaked yourself in the fear pandemic that's running across the world. And I want to say to you, there's only one way out. There's only one way to victory. And that is to stop re Rehearsing the fear and to start speaking the word. Let me say that again. Stop rehearsing the fear and start speaking the word. Get some scriptures. One, two, three, four, five scriptures. And just speak them. Speak them over your life every time you feel the fear. Every time you feel the pain. Every time you feel afraid. Every time you want to do something but you won't step out because you're afraid. Get those scriptures and speak the word of God. Because the Bible tells us faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. And I know as you look at those scriptures, and as you speak those scriptures, strength will come, power will come, hope will come. You will be renewed and refreshed and strengthened for all God has for you. And as I close the last piece of armour is prayer. Paul simply says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Many people struggle with prayer because they they think it's um, something formal, something ritualistic. But prayer is conversation with God. It's talking to God. It's giving stuff over to God. And you can do that at any time of any day. And I want to say this today. If it matters to God, sorry, if it matters to you, it matters to God. I said that wrong. Let me say it again. If it matters to you, it matters to God. It's very important. We don't think that prayer is all we need to do. It's one part of our armour. It's one piece of our personal protective equipment. But it's something that we should be doing all the time. But as well as prayer, we need to take on truth. We need to take on righteousness. We need to take on this readiness with the gospel. We need to lift up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, which is the word of God and the sword of of the spirit. And we need to pray. And the good news today is that all this armor has been given to us. It's been provided for us. And all that Paul says to us four times is, pick it up, put it on. It's yours. It fits you. It fits you perfectly. Put on the armor of God. Suit up. And so I'm going to pray for us in a moment. I'm going to pray for us right now. And I know that some of you are saying, I so need that today. Some of you are thinking that spoke right into my life, right into my situation. Some of you knew the moment I read from Ephesians chapter 6 that God was going to speak to you today. And I'm praying for you today. I'm praying for all of us today. And I'm praying that we will put on the armor of God. This is the essential suit for our future. Let me say it again. We will put on the armor of God, the personal protective equipment And take up the weapons of our warfare and move forward. I'm convinced as always that God has got incredible things for us. I'm convinced the best is yet to come. And we're not just going through this thing, we're picking something up. We're taking it with us and we are carrying and wearing the armor of God into our future. Because what the enemy meant for evil, God is turning right now for God. Come on, let's pray. And let's put on the armor of God and pick up today the weapons of our warfare. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. And we take a moment to pause. We're stopping. We're stopping in the middle and we're taking up the armor of God. These messages have been about essentialism what we need to carry into our future and we know we need to clothe ourselves with the armor of god in places and at times we've been vulnerable our our armor has been loose and we've been the enemies have been allowed to attack us to attack our mind to attack our hearts but today We take on the armor of God. We raise the shield of faith. We put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the readiness of the gospel of peace, the sword of the word of God. We put that on today. And I pray that as people apply this message in their life, as they remember this message, as they change moving into the future, that you will fill them with your spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of our service today. And I want to speak to two groups of people right now. I want to speak to people who have never made a decision to follow Jesus. It's the best decision I ever made in my life and I want to give you an opportunity in a few seconds to raise your hand and just to say today I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to come into my world, into my life and I also want to speak to a second group of people and you're watching today and you once walked with God but you've you've drifted and you feel far away. This is the day for you to come home. This is a day for you to come back. I want to tell you all today that God loves you And he's got an incredible plan for your life. And I also want to tell you, he doesn't want you to join a religion. He just wants to have a relationship with you. And for you to have a relationship with him and a relationship with his people. So I'm simply going to ask you to do something. If you're watching in church online, there's a button on your screen right now that says raise your hand. And if you click that button, that means I'm including you in my prayer. God sees that you are making that decision, either for the first time, I want to be a follower of Jesus, or as a recommitment of your life today, to come back and to follow Him and to walk with Him. And so if that's you and you're watching on Church Online, why don't you press that button right now just before I pray. And if you're watching on YouTube today, you can put a raised hand in the comments or you can say something. or you can, And you can do that right now. And come on, be brave. Why don't you put that raised hand emoji in response. And that's you saying, today I'm becoming a follower of Jesus. And today I am coming back to follow Him. So right now I'm going to pray. And I want you to be brave. I'm going to wait for five seconds. I'm going to wait for five seconds so that you've just got time to raise that hand, to click that button or to put that hand emoji in there. And then I'm going to pray for you. And so if you're saying, Paul, please include me in this prayer right now, would you do that? Come on, raise that hand right now. Five, four, three, two, one. Lord, I thank you that every week we've been on... Online, we see people make a decision to follow you. And I thank you for every person making that decision right now. Sadly, I can't see them, but you see them and you're with them. And it's even not too late as I'm praying, God, for them to do that, to respond to you. And I pray that you will come into their world, come into their life today. That you will fill them with your Holy Spirit. And that they will have a relationship with you. We know that you're not asking us to join a religion. You're just asking us to have a relationship with you. And we don't have to understand everything, but we just have to say yes. And so for those people who have raised their hands today, for those people who have responded today, who were saying yes, God, would you come into each and every one of their lives, wherever they are, in their bedroom, in their kitchen, in their lounge, wherever they are, just come and fill them with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you so much for watching today. If you made that decision today, please connect with us. And also it's the best decision. You'll see that it's the best decision you can make in your life. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.